There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hey there, my name is Dr. Garrett Hope. I am a composer, coach, podcaster and speaker. I've been focused on building my music business since 2014 and helping others build theirs since 2015. I want to tell you about the second annual Ultimate Music Business Summit we are organizing. It'll take place early January of 2022. There will be dozens of presentations with highly actionable content, all of it available to you so you can start your business, grow your business, and ultimately make more money. Because here's the deal. Unless you earn all of your income from an employer, you are a self-employed small business owner. And if you want to do more than survive, if you want to grow your audience, or if you want to impact more people, you have to think and act like a business owner. And that means this summit is for you. This summit will give you real world, not theoretical strategies you can implement immediately. You don't need to be stuck with fear or living in your failures. I promise you, with all the teachers lined up, you will get something you've never thought of before. Even though building a business is hard, no one is promising it's easy. It is possible. You just need the right tools and strategies. Tickets for this virtual event will go on sale soon. To be the first in line and to get more information about the summit, presenters, and more, go to musicsummit.biz. That's musicsummit.biz and add your email to the list. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. This is Dr. Jen Cavis-May of Tuned and Toned Performance. And this is my lovely co-host, Angela McHuston of Music Strong. <laughs> and today we're gonna unpack, uh, we're gonna unpack something that Angela was, was telling me about. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell me what you came across here. Yeah, guys. So if you are uh, on Instagram at all, which is most of this came from Instagram, there is a group. I'm sorry. There's a there's a, a duo of lovely people from across the pond in the UK, and their handle is things musicians don't talk about. TMDA podcast, if you want to like look that up. And they just finished their inaugural Musicians Injury Awareness Week. I was last. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool. They bookended the Americans. So Francesca Leo, yeah, Francesca Leo of Playing Without Pain was last Sunday or Monday. And then they had this whole series of UK uh, based musicians telling their stories. And then I was last, which I was like, oh, that's appropriate. I like that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, if you haven't gone and listened to it, please go subscribe to their podcast and go listen. These are all really short, easily digestible. And what was amazing was they were so relatable. It's like, oh my gosh, how many times have I heard this story? But then again, it was also, oh, wow. I can't believe I'm hearing this again and again. Yeah. And it was such a, it's a story we keep hearing or if we haven't heard it, we're shocked that we keep hearing it. That's the same thing, right? So 
um, there was a whole series of, of musicians that had injuries and it was their experiences and they had everything from flute players, obviously with a flute players book ended it, which I thought was funny. And uh, we had a, we had a vocalist, there was a, a string player, there was a whole host of people, but one of there's a, we're going to divide this into a quick three part series. So you can make this a little more easily digestible. Yeah. But what, uh, there was some overarching themes. And one of them was this same thought of if I hurt and if I admit it, or if I tell somebody, I'm going to get behind, I'm going to fall behind. I'm not going to either graduate. I'm not going to be able to do the gig. I'm not going to be able to fulfill this responsibility. I'm just going to fall behind and I can't afford to take time off. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a, I'm not sure a, how we want to start with this, but <laughs> this yeah. is one of those overarching themes that, um, you know, it's like when, whenever we do this podcast half the time, I'm like, yeah, it sounds a little bit self-serving, right? Because we're both strength coaches who offer services, yeah. you know? And so it, it sounds a little self-serving to say like, yeah, no, I've heard this a lot. I've been through it myself. Myself. And, uh, but it's something that, keeps coming. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm going to get behind the, the getting behind is the exact phrase. And what's funny is, like you said, it doesn't matter if this is a student or a professional or, and, and it's all about expectations, right? Yes. So um, I'm going to reference some Brene Brown here, who is awesome. She's, she's awesome. If you haven't, you know, she's her, girl, go, so. go, go look her up right now. It's fine. Um, <laughs> But she talks about expectations and how expectations get you in trouble a lot um, and how they can cause problems that don't really exist. You know, um, like if you she talks about a vacation where um, she had she's like trying to apply these concepts in her own life and, and she and her family are preparing for a vacation and they're going to I think it was one of the theme parks with the kids. And her husband's watching her pack and he's watching her put like three different books into her suitcase and a couple of, and she, and he I goes, <laughs> he goes, what you doing? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> She's like, Oh, well, I'm bringing these books. I'm going to read them while we're on vacation. He's like, you're that you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment here. Like, we're taking the kids to a theme park. And she got, you know, she gets all upset at first and then she realizes that he's talking about that expectations thing that she laid out and she realized she had done this in the past. You bring the books with you and then you're, you're upset because you don't have time and you feel like you've either let yourself down or you've let your profession down or whatever it was that you wanted to read the books for because you didn't read them. But it's because you thought that you were going to have time to read books while you were bringing children to a theme park. Which, from an outside perspective, sounds just ridiculous, sounds you know, like, you're bringing kids to a theme park. When do you, like, you'll be lucky to sleep and eat, okay? <laughs> that was not her train of thought at all, though. It's no, not. But we've all been on that other side where we think, no, this is totally reasonable. It's downtime. It's... And it's directly applicable to what we're talking about here professionally, right? Cause I'm, I'm going to count students as a professional thing here. Cause you're in professional training. 
But we think about, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, like, well, I'm not going to graduate on time. On time for who? On time for who? Um, I would understand a little bit more of that from a scholarship perspective. You know, if you're an undergrad and you've got a four-year scholarship, if you're a grad student and you've got an assistantship, most likely they're going to extend your assistantship. Most of the time. You know what I mean? Where did the, where did the four years come from anyway? Well, who, who decided that? I mean, what was, I just realized this. I mean, when did this become a thing that, that you have to do school in four years? Where did that come from? Do you know? College structure is actually built around Catholic priest training. Medieval Catholic priest training. We don't talk about that either. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. No way. I didn't know this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, but think about that medieval Catholic priest training. Think about how old that is. No cell phones, no internet. I mean, and you're only studying to be a Catholic priest. That's it. Meaning you have no other jobs, no duties, no. You have no other. The church wow. is taking care of you. You're being put up room and board. You have a job when you when you graduate. Oh my gosh, this now makes so much more sense now. I didn't know this. So it it just kind of it's evolved a bit, obviously, because it's not we're not training people just to exclusively be priests now. But that's where it originates from. Um, at least that's the research I did. It was moderately in depth but that's what i found so (laughs) you're you're aiming Um, for four years are you catholic do you want to be a priest if not why why subscribe to the four-year plan well unless you're on scholarship but But still beyond that and and a lot of times by the way this is this is what i did i had a four-year undergrad scholarship it was a good one and i was forced to take time off and I had that same thing. And I know I talk about myself, but I had that same thing. I'm going to get behind. I'm not going to graduate on time. I'm not going to get to grad school, get my job on time. Like, isn't that funny? <laughs> get my job on time. That's even funnier. But we all think that but, way. You know, but what ended up happening was I was put in a position where I was forced to take time off. So I went to my mentor and I said, I don't know what to do. I'm going to lose my scholarship. I don't know how I'm going to afford an extra year of undergrad because they won't extend it for five years for any reason. It was a state scholarship Mm -hmm. um, because that was the best deal. So that's the one I took. Um, And basically what we arranged was uh, he sent me over to the band department. The band department had an allocation every year. Well, the band department, I also had a very good working relationship with. And because I was in state, I was cheap they replaced my scholarship cost. Now, can everybody get that all the time? No, but there are ways to get it done. You know what I mean? Um, there, there are always ways to get it done and it's never as big a deal as we think it's gonna be right off the bat. And by putting it off, you're making your injury worse, which means more time off long-term, which means more behind schedule. If you're worried about getting behind schedule, deal with it up front. First off, Don't remove wait. that expectation, and second off, deal with it up front. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So that was, and that was the overarching theme of theme of listening to these other musicians 
who've had these injuries. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into the in, into more of it down the road mm-hmm. here, but mm-hmm. they they notice something. The, the first step is it's not like they're ignoring what's going on. It's just like they notice right. something and they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's yeah, it'll go away. Nothing. It'll go away. I'm just going to rest when I'm done with rehearsal or whatever. But then it turns into more of a constant thing. And mm-hmm. then they blame themselves. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but I can't take time off. I won't graduate right. on time or, right. or I'll lose the next setting, gig. I'll lose the next gig. Or if I have to say no, if, what if you're a, te- what if you're in an orchestra and you're a tenured musician, how mm-hmm. does that look? How many, how many subs do they let you take? I don't know. It depends. Do they on let the orchestra, you do? I think. Huh? I think it depends on the orchestra. Yeah. I mean, is it like you get one here or what if you have to have a series? I mean, is that, mm-hmm. I mean, I know some are more, um, are more forgiving than others. So if you look at the, the, the TMDA podcast episode, I can't remember his name at the moment. He's a, uh, I want to say he was a horn player and he developed, I think it was vocal dystonia and it just got worse. He kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing through it. And then mm-hmm. he's like, no, 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 I got to deal with this. And so what was nice, I think he was in the London symphony. I think this okay. is what it means. I could be wrong guys, please go listen and fact check me. But he, um, he, they were nice enough. They're like, no, 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 go deal with it. You're, you're good. You're fine. You go deal with mm-hmm. it. And he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But then he realized he wasn't getting better and yeah. he, it was time for him to resign, which was, oh, you know, yeah. you don't want to get to that right. point. Right. So if you don't take care of something in the beginning, you could get to that mm-hmm. point. It's mm-hmm. way, it's just like, I had somebody, I had a, uh, a new client this morning, tell me this morning, she found um, a, a small lump and it was breast cancer. And she said, you know, get your, mama- your, your mammectomies, get your mammograms early, sorry, get your mammograms early, because if they catch it early, it's so much better, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a dis-ease or an injury, if you catch it early, you're yeah. going to get, quote, back on track so much faster. Mm-hmm. You're not going to end up wasting mm-hmm. time. You end up wasting more time if you ignore things. Right, right. And then you get into that position where... <sighs> I mean, it, it, yeah, you get yourself into such a, such a bad position yeah. and the more you put it off, the worse that feeling of getting behind is going to be for you. So, um, outside of be just, nice to just, yourself just also. be nice to it. Yeah. Be nice to yourself and be on top of it. Um, I mean, it is so worth it to just check in if you're feeling down about where you are or where you want to be or, um, feeling like something is going to slow you down, it might be time to stop and go, why do I feel like that? Is that a valid assessment or is it something that I set up in my head that I think is supposed to be right? That's a, that's a tough conversation, by the way, that's not an easy thing, but Deep down, I think most people know the answer if they stop, if they're willing to stop and think about it. I think most Mm -hmm. people know, you know, like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be at this point in my life by this age. And you're the age in question. Let's say at 30, I'm supposed to be X, Y, Z, and I'm not (laughs) X or Y, and I'm only like halfway through Z. Okay. You hit 30 and you're upset about not being X and Y and missing half of Z. But if you sit down and you go, would it really be right, right now, where I am, who I am, what's actually being put in front of me? Would it be right 
for me to be X and Y and have that other half of Z? Or am I really in a spot that's good for who I am in this moment? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tough question, I think. You know what I mean? Well, it also comes back to where are your expectations coming from? Yeah. Yes. How many of our expectations are self-imposed versus externally imposed by previous mm -hmm. teachers, by previous experiences, by right. whatever we think the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the industry is telling us? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to do, because I'm going to have a hard time coming up with examples that are not specifically me to me. You know what I mean? That's fine. You were talking about but, your experience. It's fine. I, I would say that my current example is, you know, I thought by now I should be uh, a tenure track uh, university instructor. You know what I mean? Like assistant professor on my way to being associate. If not, you know, that's what I thought by my mm -hmm. age. Um, and I, th I thought that because I thought that was the only way for me to make a living in my field, doing what I want to do how I want to do it at the level I want to do it at and actually yeah. help people. And when I really stop to think about that, not that I don't want to teach college, I'm not saying that at all, but a lot of what I know I've talked to you about this, Angela, and what I've been talking a lot about for the last several years is, you know, I get dis disappointed about not being in that position I go, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is that I'm a very stubborn person. Um, I don't like seeing what a student or client needs, knowing what they need and being put on somebody else's schedule. Ugh. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. If I know a student in front of me needs another semester of just fundamentals, just foundation, mm -hmm. whether that's strength or clarinet or saxophone, I don't care what it is. If they need another semester of foundation and you're going to make them perform, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Because it's, it's taking away from what the student needs or the client right. needs. Right. And I'm like I, you're forcing this thing. That's going to make them worse instead of better, but I can see what they actually own, Everybody learns at their own rate. Yes. And that's as, as a coach, as an instructor, that's who I am very much. Like I am not going to, Unless it is 100% required, I am not going to make anybody do something I don't think is right for them at the time. Right. And if I do, I'm going to be very miserable about it. Yeah. And that doesn't, that doesn't help anybody in that case. No. So then why am I so aggravated about not being in a starter job? A starter job is going to have exactly those requirements that I'm complaining about. It's mm -hmm. because I'm stubborn. Like, you know? <laughs> You know, like, stubborn isn't such a bad thing. It's not always it's, bad. It's not. And it's something that I, I accepted a long time ago. Like, this is me. This is, I cannot, I can't turn that off and be happy at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So then I need to change that expectation. It needs to be the right job, right? In order for me to do it. Or I need to be private, one or the other. Um, kitty time. <laughs> if you're watching video, kitty time. <laughs> So that's, that's my personal example, but I'm, you know, it's going to cross apply to people who want orchestra gigs or people who have, um, 
a touring schedule. Like, well, I thought I'd be with this kind. But is it something that is realistic to expect given what it is you actually want? Are those two in line? Exactly. And so when it comes to expectations, okay, I'm going to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Are your expectations realistic is a question. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you step back and think about the scope of your life and think about Mm -hmm. your goals, Mm -hmm. what is taking a week off or taking, not taking, because I hate the whole thing. Like, I don't want to think like rest is rehab. I don't want to say just take a year off. No, 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 no. What another overarching theme that was in the musicians injury awareness week was how many people said, man, I should have listened to more recordings and done more score study and taken more time away from the instrument to Mm -hmm. get better at the instrument. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I don't friggin' care about score study. That's, that's me, but can I go study the actual like piano part? Can I go listen to like, you know, it depends on your learning style, but Another thing you hear a lot is mental practice is so valuable. And if there's one thing we've learned in the last 10 years, it's like, oh my gosh, mental practice is massively huge. And we put so Mm -hmm. much pressure on ourselves to be in the practice room making noise. Right. You can be so effective sitting on a plane going Mm -hmm. somewhere with no instrument in your own head, listening, listening to that piece of music, imagining it's you, imagining your fingers doing what they're, you get the exact same benefit. Yeah. studies show you get the na- the neurological benefit is just like you're practicing. There's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, you're not getting behind. Right. <sighs> you're just developing different, different neurological pathways. Yeah. Yeah. So what, if we think like, okay, what are your, what are some realistic expectations that we can have getting, re- getting behind and according to what, okay. So maybe you've got a recital, you've got to do. You've, mm-hmm. If you guys have been listening to this podcast for more than five minutes, you've heard people who've had to put off their recitals because they've had injuries and they didn't get them. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't get them diagnosed or fixed or whatever. And they just, okay. life, guys. <laughs> yeah. How many, let's think about this. How many athletes do we know who had to postpone some kind of big thing because they got injured? Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe they had to postpone the Olympics for four more years. I mean, and then we, mm-hmm. they come back. Is it, is it their optimal time of life? Maybe they're quote old now and they still dominated it or they still enjoyed the experience, which is the point guys. The point is that right. what we do, we need to enjoy. It's not about right. performing right. someone else's expectation. We do this right. for love for Right. And if you're not anymore, then oh, you've got some thinking to do, yeah. um, you know, cause it, there is no point in sticking around for this if you don't still love it. And that doesn't make you a failure. That just means that you learn something. And that doesn't mean that you can't play it for fun while doing something else, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you do, if you do love it and you still find that you're not having fun anymore, but you, you're not ready to give it up. Okay. Well then you need to look at what you're expecting yourself to do versus we wouldn't, we wouldn't bat an eye at any of those athletes taking time off. We wouldn't bat an eye at it. Okay, that's normal. But for us, we freak out. You need to treat yourself like a professional competitive athlete. Absolutely. And take care of yourself the same way. Now, I do want to respond to your mental practice thing because I've actually come at that from two different ways too. And in case anybody out there is in the headspace I was, when my injury started, but I was able to still play all the time. Listening, great. 
not a problem. I got so, that's how I learned jazz. You know what I mean? I, I absorbed it until I understood the language. Um, but I was still able to play. Yeah. So it didn't, it wasn't a problem to do that. Once I got into undergrad and my injury really started approaching its height or got to slash past its height, um, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. It hurt too bad. Because I'm just sitting there thinking I, sh I want to be playing. I should be playing. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, if I could go back and do it again, and again, I, I keep saying, you know, I wouldn't change anything because I, I like where I am in my life in a lot of ways, even though I'm not happy with a lot of things. But um, <laughs> I like the lessons I learned. I think they're worth it. But yeah. um, if I wanted to go back and really save my playing at its optimal level, the way that it could have been, what I would have done was combined the body work I know now how to do with mental practice mm -hmm. because half of what was happening was, you know, it'd be depressing or whatever for me to listen. So I just tense up yeah. even harder, but I didn't realize when I was going through all of this, that I was tensing when I played, I didn't realize I was gripping. I didn't realize all the places I was gripping because I couldn't feel anything. So if you're in that space where you're taking the time off, but you want a mental practice, but it's, it's kind of like, you don't feel like it's worth anything because you're not playing start some body work first off. I don't care if it's Feldenkrais or Alexander technique or body mapping or strength training. Do something where you start learning how to feel your body and then start the mental practice. Listen that to is the something that also came out a lot was just a general overall lack of body awareness besides mm -hmm. the part that was suddenly crying out in hey 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 right here this hurts hey this 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 right and they right. were not aware of it until it hurt yeah so if you're not yeah. dealing with feeling like ava when i was at florida state her favorite thing was saying yeah. you feel your feet when yeah. you play she right. would make us stand on one foot like a friggin' flamingo all the time mm -hmm. when we play because it gets you out of your head and gets you into your body. And it, yep. if you've ever read the, the inner game of tennis by Timothy Galloway or any of the game music, it takes you out of that, that negative self one or self two, I forget, but self-talk of like, you're going to screw up. You're going to screw up. Now all you're like is don't fall right. over. Oh my right. gosh. Don't fall over. Right. Uh -huh. And it's brilliant. And it, it yeah. teaches you like, yeah, I can really trust myself. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking with Anna Dieteri this afternoon or this a little while ago, we were talking about focal dystonia. And one yeah. of the things that she said a couple of times was like, you know, when you're dealing with focal dystonia, yeah, you got to take some, you're forced to take time off because suddenly right. things just don't work and you really don't right. want to get to the position, right? No. What she said is, even though you're having to learn a new way to do this and a new way to approach something that you are very perfectionist about, mm -hmm. the important thing to remember is back here, you are still that same musician. You have, you still mm -hmm. have all that knowledge. You still have right. all that talent, all that ability. You're mm -hmm. the same musician you were. You, it's right. still all there. And yes. that's really important to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Your capacity doesn't disappear just because you're dealing with something. And your ability to come, your ability to perform when you come back, if you really put in the time to learn yourself and not just try to get fixed. Don't, don't ever just try to get fixed. It, it doesn't work. It's not a thing. It won't work. Um, but really learn your own body, figure out what's causing the problem in you 
not just in, oh, well, I've got this thing. You probably got this thing, whatever that is for a reason. Once you figure that out, if you really put the effort into it, when you come back, you're going to be a better performer. You're going to be a better instructor. You're going to have more endurance in the long run because you're going to understand, hey, this is a warning sign. Yeah. Yeah. The, the baby warning signs, you're going to start feeling them and you're going to know. So like for me, if my hips start getting a little tight, I need to get up. That's my <laughs> yeah, hips like, getting oh, tight, not my forearm seizing. Yeah. I can still play the clarinet with tight hips. I just know I need to get up. <laughs> I know, right? Like I'm in the, I'm in the same boat with this whole numbness tingling business and it was relegated just here and it got better, but I've had two gigs in two weeks. They were both orchestra gigs last minute and they were a lot of fun, but guess what started happening? Both mm. arms are falling numb now. And I'm, mm. when I'm asleep, I wake up and my other arm is like, suddenly I can't sleep on either side. I'm noticing like my, my neck is super tight, especially on the left where the problem has been on the right. Mm -hmm. Am I playing flute more? Yes. And guess what I'm what I'm noticing when I play flute, not piccolo, but flute. Sometimes I get some, some tingles, whether it's radial nerve, which is these guys or ulnar mm -hmm. nerve, both of them, which tells me the problems in my neck, which I kind of yeah. knew. Yeah. But I, if I had not had to go through this whole thing, I would not be so much more like, number one, I've got to advocate for myself too. I've got to know who do I reach out to? And I got to reach out to them right now. Mm -hmm. Rest is not going to fix this. Also, I can't no. rest. I can't sleep. And right. um, I'm in the military. I'm a personal trainer and I'm a flute player. And this affects all right. three jobs. Unacceptable. Yes. So we have to go take care of this right now. Right. If I just ignore it. Guess mm -hmm. what? This has been two years of this. Mm -hmm. We don't need this on both sides. So right. the whole fact that I've taken all this time to be more self-aware of like, oh, am I jutting my head for us? I, yes, right. I'm doing this so much more yeah. often. What am I doing while I'm playing? So now you have all this more, you have, you know, you have just more awareness mm -hmm. and you're, you're able to deal with this and realize that if you don't deal with this immediately, it can cause you lifelong or career-long problems and it's way just better to just take care of it right and and get get it seen and get it addressed and find right. people that are like yeah let me help you out with that right now instead of and eh, just rest you just fire those yeah. people i mean well yeah. and and we think about it too you're this particular issue mm -hmm. um you've been dealing with for a good bit here at this point Three right years yeah but you're not being forced to come to a dead stop no, COVID because... helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's COVID let's helped a lot. But but let's cut that out, that part of it out, and let's just act like. I mean, you're able to continue going. Yeah. While you deal with this, instead of being forced into an absolute dead stop. Yeah. Yeah. So dealing with it up well, front, knowing what you're feeling. Let me back up. When this mm -hmm. first started, it's my own fault because I pushed through like I know I shouldn't do. Because I had said yes to this gig where I was going to have to play a recital and I didn't have a flute to play. So I guess I'll do alto flutes. I have one of those. Uh, yeah. And then I was, you know, and then I was like banging out a whole bunch more push-ups, trying to get ready for this military PT test, which you should be preparing for all year round, not just. Right. You know, and it all had to do with just cramming on this, cramming on that, and they didn't go together. Right. Plus whiplash injuries and neck, but all these other things, right? right? Yeah. Plus, if you're hypermobile, 
your body, this is what I've learned in the last couple of years. If you're a hypermobile person, your body is going to seek to find stability wherever it can make it. And if yes. you're not strength training, it's going to yep. bring it towards yep. the spine. So my yeah. spine is now super grip. stiff and locked up and I'm not mobile where I should be because I'm hypermobile in the other areas. Yep. So rest was the worst thing I could have done, but it was what I was told. So guess what I did? Didn't help. But in the beginning, I did push through it because I had to do the recital. My own fault. Could I have said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to take these pieces out. Heck yeah. I was the artist in residence. They didn't care what I played. I could have changed it. I'm like, this is going to be piccolo only. I totally could have done that. Yeah. Did I? No, you yeah. have, you have much more control over your life than you think you do. Right. And side and note, then it had to come to a screeching halt because I couldn't move my like top half of my body. Don't right. spot. No, but that's because you pushed. It is exactly why. And since then you've backed off and we've gotten back to a point where at least you're at an equilibrium and still seeking the right direction. You're not getting behind because you're dealing with this. You know what I mean? No. Um, and, and just total tangent here. I am a huge fan of a 45 minute recital. Huge fan. Oh my God. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to you for 90 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> can, we, can we extend that to these two hour long con orchestra concerts? Nobody wants Thanks. to sit anywhere for two hours unless it's a movie. And then that's still a stretch. Yeah. I just, no? I don't want to sit for that long anymore. <laughs> no. That's me. that's me. But I mean, you think about, and I know a lot of people are like, well, but you're not going to get your money's worth. Take out the intermission. If you add an intermission in a 45 minute recital, it becomes a 55 minute recital. Why does money and then we're close to an hour. Who cares? I How does don't money know. equate to time spent in the seat, though? I don't know. Yeah. I would rather have you come in and hear 45 minutes of really high quality, fun things yeah. than 90 minutes of just dragging it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. I, I didn't start realizing that, that that was one of those things that I'm like, no, I have control over that. When I started getting injured, I was like, into a shorter recital it's the same number of pieces you know i'm just choosing more selectively if i'm gonna do a really long piece i'm gonna pair it with shorter stuff i don't yep. have to do all really long pieces and it's not that i don't have the capacity because my endurance is better than it ever was mm -hmm. it's that i realized it was kind of not what i liked anyway <laughs> right <laughs> and i got better feedback from the audience after that they were like oh my god it was so fun i was like Glad I didn't bore you. You know, that's what I thought. So sorry, that's a, that's a total tangent. But <laughs> well, that's, a, that's what I think. Like, look, if I was I was a performance major, that means I love to perform. But it's not yeah. for me. It's not about look at me, look at me. Look, it's like, dude, I'm going to share what I have on the right. inside with you on the outside. And we're yeah. going to enjoy this together. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what it was about. And right. if they're not having fun, I'm not having fun. If you just get people right. who sit there all stodgy and they're playing on the phones and I'm not paying attention, you're not connecting. And that, you know, so yeah, yeah. I, I get your tangent. I, I, I see yeah. you when I raise that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cool. But yeah, guys, you're not going to get, you're, you're not going to, okay. You will get behind if you don't stop and address something. Right. But beyond that, so we're, we're just going to sum up here. I think we're at a good point. Yeah. 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 So take care of it and you won't actually get behind number two if you do feel like you're getting behind check your expectations 
really sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself is like, is it really not okay for me to do a four and a half year undergrad, a five year undergrad? Is it really, really not okay for me to not have this job I thought I was going to have? Is it really not okay for me to continue leaning on my day job while I build a reputation in the gig community for a little bit longer, six months longer? Like, come on, how long do we perform in the gig world? It's our whole lives. We don't age out of it like other athletes do. No. You got to be real old to age out of it. So yeah, in the long run, six months of taking care of yourself while you get established and take care of something that could be a problem. That's not a big deal. You're going to be okay. And just check in with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in doubt, talk to somebody that you straight up trust who also actually cares about your physical and mental well-being and not just what they perceive to be your success. That was a big mistake that um, I see a lot of people making. You know, that they have a best friend or mentor or a close family member who just pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes them because they want to, it's from a good place. They want to see you be successful. But that pushing is not, it's not checking in with, but are you okay Mm-hmm. now yeah yeah so find somebody Definitely. who cares that you're okay now and in the future and talk to them because that person's probably going to give you a pretty good reality check mm-hmm. yeah that's what's important so yeah beautiful cool thank you guys for joining us share yep. make sure. tag like comment yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> Big one is save it. That's the new algorithm. Save the post so we can be found. Um, yeah. <laughs> and of course, sharing. Sharing is always a good thing. Um, help us get the word out there on some of these concepts because we're just not talking about them as a community yet. <laughs> we, yeah, and we we should be. So hopefully, and yeah. please go also check out the two, not the two, look at me, I'm trying to combine them all. The all right. Things Musicians Don't Talk About podcast and go listen to their, um, their uh, Musicians Injury Awareness Week. And we would love to hear your thoughts. So tag, like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review because we'd love to talk to more people. Thank you guys for joining us. See you next time.